Welcome to this week's show. With almost three decades in the music business, this week's special guest is lead male vocalist for dynamic band Sands of Time. He's also the director and financial advisor for Zafin Financial Engineering. Alrik Sangster. Hi there, Elric. Welcome to On The Mic. Thank you so much for joining me. How have you been? Hi, Justin. Lekker, man. Lekker. I, um, I must say that this lockdown thing is not designed for extroverts like me, you know, the, the oaks that are introversial. I've been practicing for the, these moments the entire lives. <laughs> they smart to be locked down. I really i am not coping too well with, with staying indoors. I've, I'm married to a beautiful woman, but yes, like I do need to see other people. Eh? So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And especially being an entertainer for so long, Alric, uh, let's give a bit of insight to our listeners out there. You've been in the event and entertainment business for a very long time. Where did it all begin? Well, my dad was a muso, you know, and, and I um, he played music in the era of Elvis and Cliff and the Beatles. And I was completely taken, particularly by Cliff Richard. So I was the only eight-year-old colored lighty running around Athlone with a Bucky style, calling everybody else my shadows because of Cliff in the shadows. So that's kind of where it started for me. I mean, I love Cliff Richard, and he's probably the reason why I sing or, or started becoming a musician. Um, and that's really where it started when I was about eight years old, watching my dad and his band rehearse in our garage. I just grew a strong affinity to Cliff and then also to the Beatles. Today, I have a pub at home here called the Cavern Club, which is really where the Beatles started in Liverpool. So I've tried to replicate that, being a Liverpool supporter and also going over there as often as I can afford to. Um, I go and spend two or three nights in the Cavern Club, get drunk, and I come home. Fantastic, Al. And uh, the last couple of years, you've had your own band, of course, Sands of Time, dynamic band. I think you guys are currently a three-piece, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us a bit about Sands of Time your genre of music and who you guys cater to? Okay, Sands of Time, I started in 2001. 
Um, the band would have been will be 20 years old next year. The, well, the brand. Um, we a cover band. We purely sit in the cover arena. We play pop music. We probably, if I can use radio stations, we play a, a genre of music that you would hear on KFM and on Heart 104.9. So if you compare or you, you combine those two radio stations, you would probably get very much what we play. So it's, it's happening stuff that you know today, the new stuff. Um, and then obviously we go right back to the 60s and the 70s, um, which is still a very, very popular genre because our target market is largely corporate. So your corporate person is 30 plus, um, going right up to 70. Um, so the genre of music we, we focus on largely is 80s, 90s, 2000, and a couple of, of the songs that's, that bands are able to perform that are made today. As you know, a lot of stuff that's made today is not really musically playable from a chord structure perspective. Yes. A lot of it is beats. We unfortunately don't do beats. We don't do heavy metal. We still love pure music where you have chord structures like C, F, G, A minor, etc. So we play pop music, to put it in a nutshell. We are slightly more jazzy, a little bit of an R&B jazzy flavor. I myself love, um, love covering stuff by George Benson, um, Old Clue, the 80s, 90s R&B American Negro singers of that era, the 80s and the 90s, to me, in my opinion, probably the best voices I've ever heard, the Bill Withers stuff, the um, stuff by, by George Benson, Luther Vandross, those, those vocalists are really the genre that I personally like. Um, because we have a female vocalist, she covers everything from the pop rock stuff to the modern day bubblegum stuff. Um, we really just play for audiences and we've been in the industry for long enough. Now, how's the band lineup changed? over the years. Are you still the same lineup? Has there been uh, other band members over the years? Yeah, we, we were always a four-piece band. We were always two females and two males. Neil Peterson started the band with me as a guitarist and I was the male vocalist. Um, Taryn Lamb, young Taryn Lamb, with the first program for the first Idols wow. was in 2001. And she came in the top 10. She was in the top 10 in 2001 and she was 17 years old. And um, Heinz Winkler was the winner of Idols that year, the very first one. She then, her dad worked in the Navy with Neil. And her dad said, look, she's out of Idols now, 17 years old. She's finishing school, would love to be in a band. And, and we wanted a female singer. And, and I'd seen her on Idol. I thought she was absolutely amazing. Um, and then we, we auditioned her and worked with her for a little bit, for two, three months, until she had enough repertoire. And then we launched Darren Lamb into our band. And we also, prior to that, also had Marissa Peterson. Marissa had left to go and do a stint in Dubai. And when she left, we needed to replace her. So Taryn Lamb defaulted into our band. And we were three-piece. And then when Marissa got back from Dubai, we couldn't not take her back into the band. So we defaulted into a second female vocalist, kind of like <laughs> an ABBA from Athlone kind of thing. Um, so we were two guys and two girls. Um, and that's how we stayed. That has been the formula and that's what worked for the band. Visually, it's always been a very nice band to look at because we had two very, very attractive girls or, or ladies in our band. And, and I've, le I've kept it that way. Beautiful, beautiful singers that could sing really well, but also looked really good. So we try to always stay a combination of an image band with real, well, real skill or real talent as well. So, so that has worked really cool, really well for us. At the moment, what we are is 
we two of that original members are still around. Marissa and myself largely are still um, working together. We haven't worked together since New Year's Eve. Um, well, since since last year, actually, okay. since December. And we kind of, I've, I've also been working with Bishara Onalis, who's always been in and out of my band over the years. She used to always be a replacement for, for either Taryn or Marissa uh, or Anik Gerba. So, yeah, we've, we've had Bishara with us for a long time. Bishara and I are starting to work together a whole lot more now with, with another guitarist called Mickey Rorik. He's ex-airborne. And we have another male vocalist. So we've, we've got a four-piece again. Um, but we're three okay. guys and one girl now. So the other the other vocalist is a very interesting guy. His name is TJ. He's actually the drummer um, vocalist from the Rasta Rebel side. I didn't know this, but Dr. Victor was a separate entity to the Rasta Rebels, and they combined. TJ's got the most amazing voice. I mean, he does all the Stevie Wonder stuff. Uh, he puts a lot of the reggae stuff together. Very talented guy, and I just love working with him. Wonderful guy to work with. So the new four piece is quite quite interesting, and and unfortunately the coronavirus has hit all musicians, so we couldn't really take take it further. We've done one formal gig together in January, uh, a corporate gig which we loved. It was fabulous. I also do quite a lot of work with Richard Caesar. He's my favorite vocalist in Cape Town, and then also Paul Peterson, who was. My previous guitarist, about two, three years ago, Paul and I were in the band together. Paul is one of the original people who co-wrote the song wow. Paradise Road for Joy with Patrick wow. van Bluck. And, and Paul also has made the song Groovy Times very popular. Um, so, yeah, a very, very good singer, an amazing guitarist. So we still do lots of work together. I don't, I'm, I've kind of got a builder band concept now, you know, because... Times um, are tough and, and uh, economics is, is different compared to like 10, 15 years ago. Corporates don't throw or thrash out the right. same kind of money like they used to in the heydays of, of when we started. These days, they don't go via agents. They hire you directly more often than not. They say they want the two-piece, a three-piece or a four-piece. They tell you exactly what they want. So I supply what the client wants. And minimally, it would be a two-piece who's... Um, a female vocalist and a male vocalist with no musician. Ideally, we like to be a three-piece and at least have a guitarist and a female and a male vocalist because then we can kind of cover every kind of, all, all genres okay. or most songs. Um, and, and then when we really, when they splash out, we can include the fourth vocalist or the fourth percussionist who's TJ. So I'm wanting to go to market with a four-piece, but when economies of scale don't allow the four-piece, I have to then adapt and give the client what they want if they want a smaller piece or their budget. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's legs. exciting, Arik, because um, it means that your band's evolving, but you also got a lot of versatility in that lineup as well. So exciting times ahead for Sands of Time. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, our industry in particular, Arik, looking yeah. forward to the rest of the year, especially let's talk uh, September up through to December. It's our time to really be out there to entertain, to make money, so to speak. Especially being in a corporate band, Arik, you guys have done extensive gigging and touring around some of the top hotels in Cape Town. With the crisis that we're in at the moment, what do you foresee in the future as a band, from a band point of view, as an entertainer? Well, I really, in, in all honesty, if airlines and international does not open, because I think hotels are, are very strongly reliant on international travel. 
in Cape Town in particular, because we, we're the tourist capital of this country, whether Joburg wants to agree with that or not, but we are. So tourism is our biggest industry here, I think. And we as bands, corporate bands, we obviously piggyback off the whole um, hotel environment, the hospitality industry. I can't foresee um, international travel opening completely until early next year. I think we're going to have a hit and miss, and I don't mean to sound like doom and gloom. We're going to be playing to locals this year, if anything. Um, I do think it will open by September, October. We'll probably be at level two, level one. Um, I can't see us not going into opening the economy completely, but I do think we're going to be more reliant on local than we have been ever in our lives before. You know, my band in particular is very reliant on the international market as we get hired by international people who come here with groups. Um, we've been servicing that industry for a very, very long time. And I don't believe my band is going to be getting that gigs because I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. There's going to be a lot of hesitation in coming and in flying internationally. So I think that will only start picking up in February next year, to be honest with you. That's my gut feel. Um, we're going to need to realign who we play to. We're going to need to be doing far more gigs rather than doing less gigs mm. for less money yes. to our own people. And I think, you know, Justin, in, in a way, I think it's maybe it's a good thing. Because like with our wine industry and with our fruit and veg industry, we grow some of the best things right here in the Western Cape, but we as, as the people in the Western Cape don't get to taste that fruits and those, those amazing wines. A lot of it gets exported, much like our music. Our music is played to the international guests that can afford or, or pay, pay for the music. You know, they, they, they pay us the fees that we get when we play in hotels, etc. So I think maybe the time has come for us to inwardly focus and to realign who we are and to start playing to the people that got us there, you know, to pay to our own people would be such an honor. It's always been a case of our own people won't pay to see us or pay those kinds of fees to keep us afloat. And I think we need to adapt as musicians and start looking inwardly and playing to our own audiences and somehow extract some kind of income from it. How? I don't know yet because our people don't have the capacity to pay the kind of money that we used to earning from Correct. the international market. Correct. Let's talk about the current crisis and lockdown. How, as a musician, as an entertainer, have you adapted? I see everybody has jumped on the bandwagon of live streaming. Myself, I've dabbled a little bit into it. Some have asked for donations. They've used the snap and scan option of Busker. I've noticed that uh, you lent vocals to a, an online collab with, uh, with Mr. Tony Drake. Tell us a little bit about that and your experience with live streaming. What's your opinion on that? Do you think it's also a hit and miss? Do you think it's an opportunity maybe for us to get more exposure locally as well? You know, this has been a thing that has been said to me, and I'm going to say this as a joke in jest, actually, because often, you know, as musicians, and you know about this as well, Justin, I'm sure people have asked you to play for exposure. Yeah. You know, that term, guys, come and do this gig, um, you're going to be playing to people, big people in the Western Cape or in, in, in the country. Let's do this for exposure. Now, I'm a 53-year-old man, and I'm probably slightly overweight. You don't want to <laughs> expose me. It's not a pretty sight. So that whole thing about playing for exposure, number one, has always sat in my crop. You know, that a plumber, you don't tell a plumber, will you come and do my plumbing for exposure? It, the same thing applies to musicians. And 
the way we've been treated in the industry has just been shocking for many, many years. Um, I'm in a very fortunate position in that I have my own commercial business. I've never been a full-time musician. So I suppose it's an unfair question to ask me, and my opinion is going to always be said as somebody who can say that because he has something else. Yes. I'm not a pure musician who relies solely on income from this industry, and, and I'm fortunate in that sense. But there are so many of my friends, so many of the people in my band and the people I collaborate with that are not in that space where, where they, they rely solely on income from, from this industry. So if I were to place myself in their shoes and you were to ask me this question, I am not 100% for the going live thing because – I'm, I, I sat and I listened to Jay something yesterday. He was interviewed on one of the radio stations, and he made a lot of sense. I really like what he said. But again, Jay something is also in a position where he's got more more than one thing that he does. He's not only reliant on Mikasa. True. You know, he's got he's a, he's a chef, and he's got so many other fingers in so many other pies. So he was saying that he's he's a little bit skeptical to give it away for nothing. You know, to, to keep going live and give it away for nothing. What I don't know, Justin, and what I can't answer is how much money are these people making from, from the SnapScan thing, from the yes. Busker thing? Um, I think I think one or two of them are very successful. The the Bisharo Nullis, for example, I watch her all the time. She goes live on a Wednesday and a Sunday. And I see the amount of views she's getting and the amount of comments that's coming on Facebook. You know, I'm assuming that a lot of people are giving her 50 rand, 100 rand. If, if she's got four, 500 views and half of those people are paying her 50 rand, Correct. that's a good gig. That's not half bad. That's, that's more than what, what you get paid in a normal Correct. corporate gig. I mean, the average musician here, the average musician in my band, for example, earns roughly two, two and a half thousand rand. And if you're going live for 45 minutes and you're being paid 50 rand by 200 people, I mean, you do the math. That's and you don't have money. to leave your home. You exactly. You set up right there. You're warm and cozy, and yeah, that would be pretty good money. But I don't think everybody is getting that kind of exposure. Bishara, I know, is one of the more successful ones. Um, I've been watching a few of the others, but the number of views don't even go more than like forty or fifty. You know, so some guys are doing well with it, and others are not. I personally think it's okay to do it occasionally because you want to keep on singing to an audience. You want to keep doing your trade because besides doing it for money we also really do love it you know so you miss the people and if this is the only outlet you can have you can try it i'm sure but i personally like jay something was saying you know if you give it away for nothing too many times um and, and not everybody gives it away for nothing then you are making yourself cheap or you you're taking away from the spectacular the the, the specialness of what well, of your craft yeah. You know, so so that is that is how I feel about it. But like I'm like I said, I'm probably not the right guy to ask because I have another business. I have income that sustains me. So if I do ask my musician friends, I think they'll have a very very different answer because right now they'll probably do anything. You know, it's it's getting horrible. It's getting desperate. There's nothing coming from nobody and. The other thing I really don't like, I mean, what I have seen, what I have been seeing lately is a lot of people are taking the high model ground with musicians and they, they're sponsoring them, for example. Okay, so they, they dish out 500 rand and they want to take a selfie with that musician to say that they've made that donation. 
what they're not getting is that the musician has got a bit of pride. You know, it's also a person, it's also a grown man or woman that has kids and a family. And now they post that all over Facebook, like you, this little bigger person um, that's, that's now reliant on, um, on little handouts from everybody. When you do, I'd like to appeal to people, when you do give a musician a something or you, you give the, a donation, please keep it to yeah. yourself. You know, don't go and publish it everywhere that you've given that musician 500 rand. That's not cool. Then you, you're doing more damage, I think, to that person's image. You know, when this pandemic is over, that person still wants to walk around with, with a little bit of dignity and he's then going to go back into his normal gig or, or the gigs that they perform and he's going to sit there with that feeling that, you know what, I, I just received handouts from the whole world and that's not a lack of feeling, man. That's not the right thing to do. So... You know, I agree fully. We've got to help musicians right now, and, and I have helped one or two. But, I mean, don't say anything about it. Don't mention who you've given money to. It's not yeah, cool. do it respectfully. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's chat a bit about your business, Ulrich. And uh, this is another very exciting reason for me to get you on the show because I think uh, your business in particular is so relevant probably now more than ever. Let's chat a bit about Zafin. Uh, you're an accredited financial advisor. Tell us about exactly what it is that you and your company offers. The, this industry, um, I'm a accredited financial advisor. A lot of people know it as a broker. Some people know it as a SMOS. It's, it's a grudge purchase. It's insurance. It's life cover. It's investments. It's wills. It's the whole financial planning thing. Anything to do with money. So it does not have a very good reputation either. I, in my mind, whenever I meet a new person or I have to speak to a business, I always tell them, you know, they got this whole thing about dying successfully because that's really what life cover is all about. And it's such a negative thing because who wants to die successfully? Surely you want to live successfully. So the perception about life cover needs to change. And I'm one of those brokers who am trying to change that perception by by helping you live more successfully than to just die successfully. You want to die responsibly but not, not successfully. You don't need to die with 20 million rand that you don't need. You need to use that 20 million rand while you were alive. That's largely what I provocate. I'm a commercial banker. I've been a commercial banker for many, many years um, at FNB since 1990, 1985, and I, I left the bank in 2010. Um, Ten years ago, I formed Zafin, um, which is a financial services business. We have six brokers, of which I'm the finance principal. I'm also a broker. Um, my wife is in the business with me. We basically do everything from buy and sell agreements for businesses. We um, assist with the risk, contingent liability. It's all big terms, and I don't want to use fancy terms because I'm actually a plateau. <laughs> you know, um, I like to position myself as someone who doesn't speak the geek speak um, and keep the, the language very simple. Um, right now, if you want to keep it topical right now, if you do have investments of any sort with companies like Alan Gray, Balance Fund, um, the coronations of the world, most people or a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, will have money invested in those companies. A lot of you will have experienced the loss um, because of the crash. Lots of investments have gone for a ball. Up to 43% in some instances wow. have been lost. Do not touch it. That's all I can tell you right now. Don't touch it. Just leave it. It will recover. Give it a few weeks, a few months. Most of the, the markets have already recovered. The 
the, the top 40, the JSE top 40 companies in South Africa has already recovered from the, from the regional losses in early, early yes. March. So if you touch your money right now, you're going to lose. Right now, what you're experiencing is what they call a paper loss. It's not a real loss. It becomes a loss when you withdraw that money or you switch into another portfolio. So my advice to you is to leave it at least until the end of July, August, and assess it at that stage. Because right now, you really haven't lost money. You're just seeing a loss, but that's markets. It happens. It's happened before, and it's going to happen again. There's a thing called equities, and this is the big swear word right now because people who've taken losses have taken losses where they were invested in equities or on the stock markets as we know it. Property investments have fallen ridiculously. It's been the worst hit all over the world, over 50% in some instances. And I don't believe the property industry is going to recover quickly, not in the long run. Equities will recover. And once it's recovered, at that stage, you can move your money out or you can withdraw it or you can change portfolios. Um, everybody's rushing or going into what they call bonds or income funds, which is the flavor of the day. It's a lot, a lot safer. Had you been in income funds when this crash happened, you would have been largely saved from it. You probably wouldn't have even experienced a loss had you been in income funds. But if you were remotely in equities, you definitely would have received a loss of sorts. Mm. So, so my advice to anybody with investments right now that is not in a bank or is with a broker and that broker has invested or exposed you to equities is to leave your money alone. You know, the little video, I think you've got that video called Lean On Me. Yes. In that video, I made that video just for my client base to tell them to leave the investments alone and to lean on me for now. So just leave it and talk to me. I will talk you out of it <laughs> if, if, if I can. If you desperately need the money because you've been retrenched, well, obviously you need to withdraw it. Yeah. But if you do not need to use the money now, please leave your money because it's not a loss yet. It's only a paper loss. Well, thanks for that, Elric. I'm also going to ask you another quick question, uh, maybe just sidelining a little bit, um, especially I, I've spoken to a lot of musicians. I'm not going to name drop anybody right now, but a lot of the guys that are so destitute and maybe don't have the right financial planning in place have often asked me, you know, should they go for a loan? They, they don't have any UIF payments coming to them or my, money's not coming in from anywhere. What do you say to those guys that, that are thinking of just going to a bank just to get a loan for some sort of cash flow in their account? Look, if, if they need to survive, Justin, there's no other way. Um, if you don't have a family member that can bail you out, which is your first port of call is to go to a family member. I'll tell you why you go to a family member rather than to a bank. Um, is because a family member generally will not list you on ITC will not mess up your credibility or your credit record if you default or you say, look, I can't pay you this month, but I can next month. Banks are not that forgiving, mm -hmm. you know? So if you can, first go to a person that can help you. If you can't find a person and you don't have any infrastructure or family or friends close by that can wire you money or send you money, then you don't have any other option but to go to an institution. When you do go to an institution, what I have found with musicians in particular is, unfortunately, musicians do not have collateral, okay? They don't have security. They don't have anything to offer. 
um, because of the nature of, of how they operate in general. And I am generalizing. I do know some musicians that have taken some of their money over years and have been very frugal with their money and have saved some and can now say, look, I've got an investment of 100000 Will you give me a loan of 200000 I will cede that investment to you. But you show me how many of those musicians are around. I can tell you now, I can count them on my one hand. Correct. Because it's just the nature of the industry. You know, sometimes you have gigs and sometimes you don't have gigs. And then winter comes and gig season in Cape Town is, has always been shocking in winter because people just don't come out. So a lot of the musicians, as you know, they leave Cape Town, they leave our shores and they go overseas and they go playing Dubai and in the Middle East. And some of them go on boats and ships, etc. That's all they can do. But when your, your question is, do you make a loan or don't you make a loan? It depends on your circumstances. If that's the only thing you can do, you're going to need to make a loan. You will get a loan only on one basis if you don't have collateral, on how you conducted your accounts. So if you had good cash flow going through, if you were a musician making 8,000 Rand a month and all that money has reflected in your bank account over a three-month or a six-month or a year, regularly, you had one regular gig, more than likely, they will score you on their system and they will give you a loan without security. Okay, so that will probably be for the amount of money that has gone through your account. So if your turnover through your check account for a month was, call it 10,000 Rand, you more than likely will get either an overdraft facility or you would get a loan. Normally, they'll give you a much bigger loan than what they would give you an overdraft facility. They more than likely give you a loan of about thirty to fifty thousand rand if you've got a good good account. Correct. You would then have to pay that. The problem with the loan is they're going to charge you a fortune in interest, and normally it's in the region of eighteen to twenty-two percent per annum is the rate that they would charge you because it's unsecured. So they can go to town and make serious tom on you. You you will see that you'll be able to pay two thousand rand a month, and you'll probably take the loan. But just remember that loan is going to run for 36 to 48 months, you know, and you're going to need to pay that. But then again, we don't get pandemics happening um, in the world every every year. And, you know, a pandemic is something that happens kind of <laughs> like 20, 20, 1918 was the last one. It's Spanish. So it's nearly, yeah, nearly 100 years. So every 100 years, you may have to make a loan as a musician. <laughs> Well, Ari, thank you so much. I appreciate your honesty. Uh, you've always been so straightforward with everything in life. And uh, I respect you so much and your opinions and uh, what you've accomplished with your business and on the entertainment scene as well. Auric, for those out there that are listening, I'm sure there's many that feel they need financial advice. They need a financial advisor, financial planner. How do they get in touch with you? How do they get hold of you? Well, I'm, I'm, they can email me, they can phone me, WhatsApp. I'm on all the social media things that you can think of. Even though I'm 53, I'm not with it. Eh? I mean, I'm on Instagram. Um, I've got a, a, a very busy Facebook profile. Um, you simply Google my name or, or Facebook search my name, Alric Noel Sangster. Sangster, you spell like gangster, but with an S <laughs> for sugar. You can also just send me a WhatsApp. My phone number is 83 Seven double zero, two three one four, and my email address is Alric, A L R I C K, at Zafin, Z A R, F I N, 
www.co.za. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I've got a website, but I don't think people use websites anymore. It's www.zarfin.co.za. Um, I think social media is where everybody goes to find you. I'm also on Insta, and if you've got my name, you can find me on Instagram as well. Great. Well, Alric, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate uh, all the info, your honesty, and uh, all your knowledge. Thank you so much, Alric. I hope to meeting up soon again after all this nonsense is over and for the bay, as they say. Let's play some five-a-side football again. Let's uh, cheers with a nice bottle of red wine. All the best, Alric. I'm going to play out with that actual video clip uh, from Zafin, that two-minute video clip, Lean On Me in the background. I think it's essential right now to have a listen to that again. But thanks, Alric. Thank you for your time. All the best. Regards to Crystal. Hope to see you very soon. Thank you, Justin. It was lucky to be on your show. I'm really honored, and it, it's really nice to have chatted to you for so long. It's lucky to hear from you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Has COVID-19 wiped out your investments? My name is Alric Sangster. I'm an accredited financial advisor, and over the next few seconds, I will give you my honest opinion and advice on current markets without any of the fancy terms or the financial gibbity-garb. Markets will recover, and short or even medium-term losses are eventually raised. The COVID-19 pandemic is a crisis unlike anything we've seen in our lifetimes, and it's only natural to be worried or uncertain about your money at this time. However, it's never wise to make investment decisions based on emotion. So yes, you're likely to have seen a dip in the paper value of your investment. And yes, it's only the paper loss that you're experiencing. You won't lose any money until you either sell or switch portfolios. So here is my immediate advice. Do nothing. Do not respond to this virus. Don't touch your investment right now. If you do, your paper loss will instantly become a financial loss. Markets will recover. And remember, it's not about timing the markets. It's all about time in the markets. Smart investing is all about staying calm, staying patient, trusting the experts, and keeping focus on your long-term horizon. Sometimes that patience is tested to breaking point, and that's when you need an accredited financial advisor to help you see reason, to remind you why you need to stay on course. I'm here to hold your hand, to keep you strong, and to guide you through this wall with my knowledge, my experience, and my heart. So in the words of the great Bill Withers, who died just a few days ago, lean on me. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. If you're a new or small business and would like to advertise on this podcast, Speak to me directly, justin at oasisentertainment.co.za. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please follow this podcast and remember to share. On Facebook, you can stay updated on the Oasis Entertainment page and on Instagram at Oasis Entertainment CPT.